0: Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcasts will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. Today's episode is part two of The Five Love Languages and the Importance of Authentic Love in Relationships. Chardonnay Mohammed produced today's podcast. I'll be right back with today's episode. Was your love language coming along? What is the level of your love tank? A husband and wife listened to last week's podcast and said they kept hitting the pause button and discussing the podcast as they listened to it. Now, that's what I call active listening. I don't know how things are after their discussion, but I heard they are looking to listen to today's podcast. The husband learned some things he didn't know about his wife, and probably about himself. I love this couple's experience because they were able to talk about it, laugh about it, learn from it, and tell others about their experience. When genuine love is the foundation of a relationship, language barriers, bad language, and empty love tanks can be dealt with civilly and with a favorable outcome. Civility is another element necessary for healthy relationships. Civility is the action of working together productively to reach a common goal, and often with beneficent purposes. Some definitions conflate civility with politeness which suggests disengaging with others so as not to offend. Incivility is rude or unsociable speech or behavior. Incivility is a general term for social behavior, lacking in good manners on a scale of rudeness or lack of respect for others. We're seeing the erosion of civility In relationships on every level. According to a study by Civility in America, a nationwide survey, rude behavior has become the new normal. Would you agree incivility and rudeness is symptomatic of a lack of love and bad love language? Philip and Rebecca have been married for 10 years they have two children philip junior junior who is 9 years of age and susan 6 years old philip and rebecca are both working professionals and keep a busy schedule there's a lot of tension in their home philip's job requires him to travel and sometimes he's away from home for several weeks Rebecca is a real estate company manager who needs flexible schedule. Philip Junior is having problems at school. His grades are poor, he is bullied on the playground, and disrespectful to his mother and sister. Susan stays in aftercare until Rebecca picks her up, sometimes late in the evening. There are shouting matches in the home between Philip and Rebecca, sometimes in the presence of the children. They say very hurtful things about one another when they are angry. On one occasion, Philip told Rebecca he hated her and wished they had never married. Little Susan runs to her room crying when her dad and mom have their shouting matches. Philip Jr. runs out of the house screaming, I hate this family. As you can see, there is a lot to unpack with this family. Would you agree there is rudeness, anger, hurt, incivility, and a horrible atmosphere to raise children? There are no signs of love language in this relationship. When we don't speak in the other's love language or at least be polite, courteous, or civil, we have this scenario played out. If we were to unpack the underlying issues here, we would see both Philip and Rebecca's love tanks are empty and probably haven't been refilled for quite some time. Do you remember the emotion room from the earlier podcast? Emotions are high and hot in this marriage, and it's negatively affecting the children. If we could get Philip and Rebecca to calm down and talk, we would discover they love one another, but their lives are chaotic. Their careers are demanding. They feel overwhelmed and haven't been able to give proper attention to their marriage and children. Philip didn't mean he hates Rebecca. That was anger talking. When we are angry, we may say and do things we regret later. When the dust settles, we have time to think about what happened and we apologize for being unkind and the mean things we say. Stress, career problems, health issues, financial crises, and family dysfunctions can negatively Affect our love language. It is crucial to create a positive environment as not to punch a hole in our love tank when life happens. This week, when I was watching the local news on television, the meteorologist forecasted electrical charges in the atmosphere that could produce thunder. He was able to see it on the radar we can see some things coming before they happen. We look at the relationship radar and see the negativity in our relationships that affects our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and behavior. We can allow negativity to destroy what remains of our relationships or choose to cultivate an atmosphere charged with positivity. Philip can cultivate a charged atmosphere of positivity by apologizing to Rebecca for not understanding her feelings and his horrible words. He can't move forward with love language until he addresses the elephant in the room, rudeness, and lack of action to correct the issues with her and the children. Verbal language means nothing when one's behavior does not match what they say. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Your actions speak so loudly, I cannot hear what you are saying. How do we correct this? We change our actions. So our corrected behavior speaks louder than our words our positive actions and emotions must change the negativity in the emotion room. So the people we love, feel, and experience our love language before saying a word. Rebecca, Philip Jr. and Susan need to feel loved. Do you feel loved? Rebecca needs Philip to make repairs around the house. It has been weeks since they have spent intimate time together, and the family has not been on a vacation in three years. Philip Jr. is acting out because he misses playing baseball with his dad and feels Philip does not want to spend time with him. There are a lot of negative emotions in this family. Here's the deal. Philip needs to take time off work and love his family, not with words, but with actions that shows he cares about them. The repairs need to be made. He needs to take Rebecca out on a date, someplace she enjoys. He should consider getting a babysitter for the children and spend the weekend at a resort so he and Rebecca can have quality intimate time. She needs to be held, warmly embraced, affectionately touched and made to feel loved. He needs to take Philip Jr. to a baseball game and then spend time playing catch with him The boys should have a day, as well as the girls. It's time for a vacation. Philip and Rebecca should plan a family vacation where everyone will enjoy activities that interest them. Friends, may I say this? Love language is best appreciated and respected when it comes from someone we know genuinely loves us, when the atmosphere in the relationship, in the workplace, or on the team is charged with joy, gratitude, serenity, and hope. Barbara L. Fredrickson, a professor in psychology department at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, conducted extensive emotions and positive psychology research. According to her study, positive emotions are beneficial to us in our daily life experience. Some of the benefits are having better and healthier coping mechanisms that will help us to be resilient. We will not be stuck in survival mode, but will flourish And enjoy life. Negativity is always knocking at the door of our families and friendships. It's inevitable. We can overpower its crippling effect with positive emotions, authentic love, and love languages. Marty and Trudy are divorced parents after 17 years of a traumatic marriage. They have three wonderful teenage children, Caleb, Tracy, and Victoria. Marty remarried and had a child with his second wife, Grace. Trudy is single and is not interested in dating anytime soon. Marty and Trudy are friends and do a great job raising the children. He pays child support, helps her with repairs on her home, and stops by on weekends to spend time with the children. A friend asked Trudy what happened in their marriage. She replied, I couldn't take it anymore. So why weren't they able to happily live together as a couple? Marty is controlling. When they were dating, Trudy loved how Marty took charge of everything she didn't have to worry about anything. He would say things like, all I want you to do is be beautiful and breathe. Well, that's all she did for 17 years. Stayed beautiful and breathe. Marty would not allow her to think for herself. He made all the family decisions without including her, from the house decor to her clothes. If she sneezed, he was there with clinics. Not only was he controlling, but he was also possessive. Trudy was not allowed to go out alone. She was affectionate. So what's the problem? It sounds like she had a winner. The problem was she did not feel loved. She felt like an object fulfilling his needs. And she didn't feel like a person who was allowed to think for herself or decide what was best for her. The point I'm making is a person needs to feel loved. A person can love hard, but it's not helpful if it hits like a hammer. let me say that again. A person can love hard, but it's not helpful if it hits like a hammer. A lover must know the beloved. I have a saying, you must know what a person brings to the table and who is sitting with you at the table. Let me say it this way. You must know the type of lover who loves you. Daphne Rose Kingma is the author of the nine types of lovers. They are the attention seeker, the emoter, the cool cucumber, the skeptic, the the workaholic, the perfectionist, the fantasizer, the controller, and the people pleaser. It would be interesting to know if a particular type of lover prefers a certain type of love language. What type of lover are you? And what languages do you prefer? I have been very transparent with you about me in the previous podcast, but I'm hitting the mute button on this one. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you are enjoying our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen as well? According to Dr. Gary Chapman, we all have a love language. And it is helpful in all relationships. It does not matter if you are the cool cucumber, the perfectionist, skeptic, people pleaser, or controller. One of the challenges in relationships is articulating others' love languages in a genuine and caring way. I think this takes practice and the willingness to adapt To the change in the interests and needs of the people we love. I playfully asked Marie how many love languages she has. She replied, five. We had a good laugh. So what are the five love languages? They are quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Could they have helped Philip and Rebecca or Marty and Trudy? Maybe so. Everybody's relationship is different and all marriages are not the same. What works for one may not work for others. But if genuine love is present, we can try to break the language barrier in interpersonal relationships, marriages, families, and friendships. How does one know what a person's language is or what feels their take? I think the simple answer is to ask. Have you ever walked into a department store and the sales representative asks, how can I help you today? If we don't know, we should ask. The person you love may be like Marie. Have all five love languages. How you decide which one to use? We can ask and we can observe. If the garbage needs to be emptied, empty the trash. Prepare a snack or meal if he is hungry. If she is sad, embrace her. When you are out and you see something he likes, buy it. Perhaps she is having a rough day and feeling inadequate. Tell her how intelligent and creative she is. Assure her everything will work out and she has your support. I don't know anyone who does not like gifts. It doesn't have to be a birthday, anniversary, Valentine's Day or Christmas. It may be a just-because day, because I was thinking about you. Marie and I enjoy Nestle's Chunky Candy Bar. Either of us may be at the store and will purchase a couple of the king-size bars to share. It doesn't have to be expensive. The simple things mean a lot. For example, bringing a bag of Garrett's caramel, and cheese popcorn home. Friends, believe me, the simple things speak volumes. It helps to know what will brighten the day of the person you love. I enjoy cutting the grass, trimming the hedges, cleaning the glass windows and doors at home. When I'm done, I say, Miss Daisy, your lawn care is complete and your glass windows and doors are clean. Marie smiles. When I wash the dishes, put them away, clean the stove, countertops, and sink, I say, your kitchen is clean. She smiles. When she prepares dinner, brings my plate to me, and ensures I have tableware and napkins, I thank her and tell her how delicious the meal was. It's the small stuff that brings great rewards and happiness. The love languages are easy to speak when communicating with someone we love. Regardless of how rough life gets, how tense the moments are, how stressful the day is, love conquer it all. In closing, we all could use a little more love in our lives. I'm not saying we drown the person we love, but at least give them enough love to take a swim. We all want to be loved, love, and enjoy a fun and fulfilling life. Speaking in tongues is lovely, When talking to God, but speaking in love languages builds healthy and happy relationships with the people we love. Friends, I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to join us for our weekly 30 minute podcast where we will address the elephant in the room. Friends, it's Black History Month, and our team of producers and I are celebrating by sharing some wonderful poems with you at the end of our podcast this month. I'm excited to have with me again for the final Saturday and segment, Chardonnay Mohammed, one of our producers. Hello, Chardonnay. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You've heard the saying. This has been a good thing, and I have certainly enjoyed all of the poems that you have shared with us um, this month, and I know that you've got a very powerful closer for today. What poem will you be sharing with us on today? Today, I'll be reading from Maya Angelou. In the flush of love's light, we dare be brave, and suddenly we see that love's cost all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. Maya Angelou. Yeah, she's a closer. Um, Definitely many people's favorite. And what a wonderful way to close uh, this month of celebration of Black History Month. Chardonnay, thank you so much. And for those who did not hear on our first podcast of the month, Chardonnay is one of our producers, and it is because of her and her desire for me to have a podcast, to be able to share our perspective from a spiritual and Pentecostal apostolic perspective, we were able to put together a wonderful team of producers, and I certainly wanted to to give credit, give honor to whom honor is due. Thanks again, Chardonnay. Be saved, stay healthy, and and God bless. Thank you.